Welcome back to Melhead Nerd Show. I'm Paul Hodges, and today I have Josiah Prince. What's up, everybody? <laughs> now, obviously, you're from Disciple. Obviously. And, yeah. Uh, one of my favorite bands of all time. That's awesome, man. Thank you. Um, and you're you're also in Philmont as well, right? That is correct. Yep. Now, how did going from Philmont to Disciple, like how, like what was the difference in the style of music? Oh man, so much difference. It was kind of a, it was kind of funny. I was way in over my head when I first uh, joined Disciple. So I came from Philmont, which a lot of people might not know, but uh, Philmont was a pop punk band, you know, pop rock, pop punk, and um, which is really like my favorite style of music. Um, but as a guitar player, you know, it's it's a little simpler. It's it's kind of power chords and and uh, you know certain kinds of riffs, certain kind of tones. Uh, it, you know, it's it's just easier. It is. Um, whereas Disciple is a guitar, you know, guitar feature, guitar solos, big riffs, drop tuning, uh, pinch harmonics, and you know, dive bombs, and all these kind of guitar techniques that are a little more advanced. Um, and and out front uh in the mix and so i was totally uh not tr you know schooled in the ways of those techniques when i first came on so i kind of had to uh fake it till i make it kind of kind of thing um but i practiced my butt off when i uh when i when i knew i was going to come out and initially it was just you know coming out to fill in for some shows and just kind of see how it went. They had a guy leaving. And so, um, you know, I had like 20 songs to learn and I just practiced, practiced, practiced every day. And, um, you know, I could play the parts, but I definitely didn't have the, um, like I said, that all that kind of attitude and swagger of the style that is, um, that I would say I have now. <laughs> uh, it probably took me a year or two to get down like all the technical things and the stylistic things and especially the tone. And this is, this is getting nerdy, but, you mentioned it's a nerd show. So, um, but as far as guitar tones go, the sound of the guitar, uh, that's a huge part of it is just the, the, the kind of amp and the kind of tone, the kind of guitar you're using. Um, so initially I was trying to just use the same gear that I brought over from, over from Philmont. Um, but it wasn't getting the right kind of tone at all. And so it just took some trial and error and trying different amps and trying different guitars. Um, and you know, over time I finally figured it out. Um, so all that to say it was definitely a, uh, you know, stressful transition in some ways. Cause I was like, I want to do a good job and I knew I could play the parts and memorize the parts and perform on stage really well. Um, but then just some of those, you know, more technical guitar things took me some time. Now you, you came on the, the album, Oh, God save us all, right? I came on right when that album was about to release. It was already totally recorded and done. Um, and so I basically toured, you know, that album. Um, but all the guys who recorded on it ended up leaving right around the time that I joined. Um, and so, yeah, I, I basically was the, like, I was part of the, you know, band that went out and, and represented that album on the road. Um, but I had no part in it as far as, you know, recording or anything. Now, you're still playing with Philmont, right? Well, we haven't really been a band since about that time, actually. 2012 was our last show. Um, and so we, a few years later, we put out like a, a rarities or unreleased, um, you know, compilation. And, uh, and 
you know, that's, that's about it though. We haven't really done anything else since, since then. Um, still friends with all the guys, but um, we're all just doing different stuff now. Now I heard that you're starting another band. Oh, did you now? Yes. Um, <laughs> is it all right years? Is that what you're referring to? Yep. So yeah, so that's uh, really cool. And that's, that's, that ties in well to what we're talking about because uh, for, you know, seven years, I didn't really do any pop punk uh, stuff other than a little bit of producing some, you know, a few tracks here and there for other artists. But like I said, that's my favorite style of music. It's, it's what I, you know, what made me fall in love with playing guitar and wanting to be in a band. And so I had an opportunity through uh, a company here in Nashville that does licensing for music. Um, and they asked me about doing an album um, and they kind of just said it can be whatever I want. And so for me, I was like, man, I would love to make a pop punk album because uh, it's been a long time. And so um, just got with a buddy of mine named Dane Allen, uh, who is a singer in a band called Loyals. And he also um, is, is a frequent contributor to Disciple uh, stuff as well. Um, helps us on the road sometimes and, and sings background vocals on our albums. Uh, he's got an incredible voice and we're good buddies. And so I was like, it would be awesome to have him involved on the vocals. So, yeah, so it's not, you know, it's not a typical band origin story. We didn't, you know, start a band and then write songs and then put an album together. It was more like, you know, I had this assignment to make an album of whatever I wanted. And so kind of formed this band to make this album. Um, and so, yeah, not a traditional band. We're not going to tour or anything. Um, we'll probably make some more music and release music. Um, but really, it was just a lot of fun to just kind of go in and just, you know, make pop punk music again with no real um, obligation or layers of <laughs> context. It was just, we're just making fun music, uh, throwing it back to the kind of music that made me want to start a band in the first place. Um, so it's just super fun, summery kind of uh, youthful uh, rock music. Now, did you have any background in music production before you became like a musician in a band? Or uh, Yeah, so it's kind of one of those things, if you're in a band for long enough, you just, you know, end up spending a lot of time in different studios when you're recording your music. And for most, you know, well, not shouldn't say most, for so many guys that I know, including myself, you know, it just becomes a fascination, you know, whenever I, we, whenever my first band ever was in a studio, I remember just watching the person, you know, do the stuff <laughs> and just being fascinated by it. And then when Philmont was um, starting out, I thought it was so cool. Um, it, it, but really what it was for me was, you know, towards the end of Philmont, I got Pro Tools, which is recording software, and I got a MacBook to run it because really it was the it was a mechanism to be able to just get ideas down on my own instead of because when you're in a band, if you don't have someone who can record you in the band, then you you're always writing songs and getting ideas, and then having to wait until you can book studio time somewhere uh, to get your idea down to where you can listen to it. And I just hated waiting for that. And so for me, I was like, I'm just gonna get Pro Tools. Uh, get a computer and just figure out how to use it. And luckily I had some great friends who were very good at that already, who kind of mentored me and um, showed me the ropes. But for me, yeah, it was just kind of like 
toward the end of Philmont. Um, I didn't think that I was going to produce our stuff or anything, but I just really wanted to be able to make demos um, instead of just sitting there by myself playing an idea I had and that being it. I wanted to be able to, sit, you know, because I would always hear the parts. I would hear the rhythm guitar, the lead guitar, the keys, and I would, I'm, you know, I, I heard those parts that I had no way of uh, expressing it. And so that was kind of the motivation for getting into it. And it really didn't occur to me that I would start recording other artists um, or, or you know, producing other bands or whatnot. And then just as I was moving to Nashville uh, for Disciple and just making more and more demos for Disciple now, and I had some friends who were in some bands who were like, hey, can you just, you know, can we hire you to record our demo? Uh, and so just started there. And with anything, you just, you know, do it more and more. You get more time under your belt and the hours add up to talent and skill. And so that's just kind of where it went. And more people started coming over to record. And, um, and you know, that's just kind of how, how it goes. <laughs> now, you end up working at the ranch, right? That is my studio. Yes, the ranch is my studio. That's where I'm at right now. <laughs> it is? Yeah. That, that's pretty cool. Uh, tell me more about it. Like, I've just now heard about the ranch. So. Cool. Yeah, I mean, it's literally just, just my studio. It's just the name that I came up with. And just, you know, I've tried to really turn it into a uh, really kind of cool destination, location, uh, you know, mood, vibey, you know, inspiring place to create music and write and record. Um, and so, you know, it's just my thing. And um, to, to me, it's just, it just goes hand in hand with the work that I do. So I, you know, I think it's cool that people associate my name with stuff, but I kind of wanted to have like a, you know, a, a, a name for the place where it all happens. And, um, and so whether I'm writing with somebody or producing somebody's track or mixing somebody's track, um, if, you know, people are out there hearing that this was done at the ranch. I want that to mean something, you know, awesome. Um, and then that from there, they can figure out, you know, what I do and who I am. So, uh, so yeah, it's just kind of, it kind of encompasses all the things that I do musically. Now, so far, all of the bands that you, that you recorded at the ranch, uh, which one's your favorite? Oh, my favorite? Woof. So many. Um, you know, a lot of the a lot of the artists that I work with are artists that I've met just on the road. You know, touring with Film Honor Disciple. Um, my favorite recently has been Fireflight. We we did a full album um, this past year, and it's coming out in uh, I can't remember. <laughs> it's coming out soon, September or October, um, and it's their first album in uh, quite a few years. But um, but we just had a blast, and they're just they're just great friends, and so it's it's. It's one of those things, um, you know, some, sometimes you work with artists and it's, it's enjoyable. The, the, the music is cool, um, but it's more like a client artist or client uh, producer relationship because um, that's kind of how it started was someone hired, you know, someone hired me to do a thing. And that's kind of the basis of the uh, relationship. But it's awesome when you're already friends with uh, somebody um, through music and there's just kind of this... Uh, mutual admiration like Fireflight. I mean, Fireflight is a band that Philmont, my first band would, you know, open for at festivals and stuff. And I was like, man, they're awesome. You know, they, they rock so hard and look so cool and all this stuff. And so then to tour with them in Disciple and then just become friends. And then years later, get to work on an album together, super special. Um, and we just kind of got to 
have fun with it and we spent a long time on it um which was uh really cool just because we got to kind of record a song or start an idea and then come back to it a month later develop it some more come back to it a month later rearrange it come back to it a month later rewrite a chorus you know what i mean so um i really you know enjoyed that process a lot now you said that that you pretty much start out with like uh pop punk and pop rocks and stuff yeah then you went to disciple now i that's kind of different from that like i started out with like casting crowns <laughs> sure and then my brother introduced me to skillet nice then next thing i know the next thing I know, I'm listening to Demon Hunter and completely skipped off the pop punk bands. <laughs> now, well, I'm kind of, now I'm kind of going back to the to all those bands. Nice. Well, it's kind of, you know, that, that genre of pop punk and, and all that was, it kind of had a heyday, you know, in the, in, in the 2000s, like, you know, I would say, oh two 2002 2003 all the way through 2008 or 9 was like the heyday of that style. And uh, then it kind of faded out of the main view of, you know, successful artists. Um, and that was kind of part of the problem with Philmon is we got signed right toward the end of that wave uh, to our record deal. And so by the time our album came out, that style of music was kind of not like as trendy anymore. Um, and so it was kind of a bummer um, for us, but I still love it. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, so it's one of those things. There's not like a ton of pop punk bands, especially in Christian music. There's not a ton of uh, pop punk bands that are just kind of, out there and and crushing it <laughs> uh there are some though so yeah uh either they're staying to roots or they're uh pretty much switching to uh contemporary music now sure yeah so yeah, yeah for sure so but you, you know you gotta do what you gotta do there's i've seen yeah. plenty of bands change their sound for the for the for the better or worse and uh you know it's it's all about just being honest you know and it's like for for some artists it's like man you have a style of music and then you just realize, well, this song we wrote that's a little more chill, you know, has gotten us the most attention and traction. And it's like, if you want to be able to do it full time, you kind of got to chase that sometimes and, and, mm -hmm. and do what's going to allow you to do it full time. Um, because if you don't, then you're just going to end up, you know, having to quit because you can't sustain it. You've mentioned a uh, songwriting before. Um, you just, uh, got signed on to day one music publishing, didn't you? It was a few years ago, actually. Years ago? I, I, I was with them for a couple of years. Um, not anymore. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was super cool. Um, that was a big thing that I had, was a goal of mine when I moved to Nashville, uh, was to get a publishing deal. And, um, basically what that looks like is I had people there at the publisher who would just set me up with co-writes with all kinds of different artists and writers in different styles. Um, and that was exactly what I wanted. I wanted to try that, you know, I kind of wanted to just like try everything. Um, and so it was super fun. I was doing, you know, three and four writes a week when I was home uh, with, with different styles and, and writers and artists. Uh, and it was super fun. Oh, see, look out. Sorry. My dog is about to yank my microphone down. <laughs> um, but, uh, but yeah, super fun experience. Got some cool connections out of it. Met a lot of great writers and, and artists um, that I still have those relationships. Um, and everyone there was awesome. They just kind of, they kind of moved a different direction as a company and we mutually, you know, parted ways. But it was super, uh, you know, eye-opening and educational just having that experience. Um, not necessarily something that I want to um, pursue. I, I guess for me, like, 
I've just been doing more and more producing. And a lot of times that entails writing with the artist as well. So it's like, you know, someone will hire me to produce and we'll, and we'll write the song or I'll, I'll come along to a song that they've started and I'll help them finish it and make it strong and then produce it. Um, and I, that's a little more satisfying to me because with publishing deal, when you're writing, you're kind of just going into all these sessions. And a lot of times it's with other writers and you're just trying to pitch something uh, to other, to, to some artist. Um, so you're going in with some ideas and you're getting this great song, but then it's just kind of stuck there and it's up to your publisher or some other publishers or labels to send the song around and hope that an artist will take it and use it. Uh, and that just, it's, it's a pretty low batting average, um, even for a good song. Um, it, it's, it's hard to get that song used. And so I, at the end of those, you know, couple of years, I had all these demos of great songs that I thought were awesome that hadn't gotten used. Whereas when I'm producing, I'm getting hired for that job and I know that that's a song that's going to get released uh, and people are going to hear it. And that's the, that's my favorite part. You know what I mean? It's that's my favorite part is, is getting it out there and, you know, seeing people connect to it and react to it. Um, and so when I'm producing, that's pretty much a guarantee that what I'm working on is going to come out and be, and be released. Uh, whereas writing wasn't always the case, you know, um, if it's just strictly co-writing. So, so pretty much it's, hard to write a song and pitch it than to write it for like yourself pretty much yeah exactly like with disciple like i i know that you know i'm i'm, I'm in the band but like we all are very collaborative and and we all write and toss ideas around and so when i have an idea for disciple it's like okay i know i have obviously like the direct pipeline to this becoming a reality um Whereas, yeah, a lot of times I'm going into, with, as a writer, you're going into these rooms uh, with other writers and it's like, all right, we're going to try our best and it's fun. And, and obviously the dream is that you write some song that then gets picked up by a huge artist and, you know, becomes very successful and that leads to more stuff for you. So uh, there's a bunch of ways it can go, but um, yeah, so it, uh, it, it, you know, the potential with writing is huge. It, it could become something huge, but the chances are very low. Whereas, you know, with producing and, and yeah, writing for artists that you are producing, uh, for me anyway, it's just more consistent. And, um, you know, you kind of, you kind of see the future of it. You see that this song is going to come out. This album is going to come out. People are going to hear it. People are going to like it. People are going to come to you for work because they hear that, you know, music. So. You've been writing a lot of songs for Disciple here lately. For sure. Uh, which one has been your favorite one to write? Oh man, that's a that's a tough one. So many. It's you know, anyone who's in a band will tell you like, all your songs are like children. Like they're all like these, you know, things that you care about so much, and they're all special and different and unique. You know, so it's like picking a favorite kid. Um, but I think, you know, there's there's songs that we write that on the front end we're super excited about, or we think, Ooh, this song's going to be like this kind of song. It's going to do this. It's going to impact this kind of person. Uh, or people are going to love this song live, you know, at a show. And uh, you have all these thoughts on the front end when you're creating something, but really the most rewarding is after the song, after a song is out and you see what it does. So like our song erase, you know, is definitely the one that I've written that's been the most like impactful to people and the most people have connected with it. And I see everyone singing it at our shows. 
Um, and so that, you know, is super special. And then more recently, Panic Room off of our last album, Love Letter Kill Shot, um, is one that I wrote. Man, I mean, it, I probably wrote that uh, at least the first draft of it, you know, three years before it came out. Um, but, uh, you know, I thought it would be really cool. Didn't think it would be like a, a single or like the kind of, you know, centerpiece of the album um, originally, but it kind of became that because everyone else in the band kind of spoke into it and helped shape it. Uh, Kevin totally changed the chorus to make it the way it is. And then we got Andrew Schwab to do the guest vocal on it. Uh, me and Joey and Andrew, our other guitar player, all collaborated on the solo section to make it that punk, you know, crazy solo thing. Um, so there's just a lot of great um, full circle kind of influences. Travis Wyrick, who, who co-produced it with me, um, added some great stuff. And so anyway, um, Erase and Panic Room, are th that's the short answer. <laughs> now, uh, what's like your favorite part about touring? Uh Yes. <laughs> yes. So all of it. Uh, it's, I love it. You know, obviously over the years you see guys who, who tour for a season and then kind of, you know, fade out of it. And, and it's not for everybody. It's, it's definitely not for everyone. And whenever someone has to uh, come off the road, it's like, I totally get it. Cause it's, there are so many factors involved, but for me I'm, at this point, at least I'm still, you know, all the way in. It kills me that we haven't been able to tour in, you know, six months now. Um, yeah. Actually, a little more than that now, I suppose, but we're getting up. Yeah, it's been a long time <laughs> and it uh, it's a huge bummer. Like, and, and a lot of that is just our dynamic in the band. We're all just so close and tight and there's no uh, tension or um, just personality wise. Because the thing is like with touring, it's really roommates. You know what I mean? Like you're only playing the show for a couple hours, but then the other 22 hours of the day, you're just roommates. Um, and you're on the bus and you're in the venue and you're in the green room and all that stuff. And so getting along and having that just great harmony as, as a group is crucial. Uh, we have that. And so um, because of that, it's just a super fun, you know, collaborative experience. Everyone's working hard. We all work super hard on the road. Everyone has multiple jobs. Um, and that's why it's able to keep going and sustaining is because, well, two things, us all working hard together and just the awesomeness of the people who listen to us and how uh, committed our fans are and how they'll come out to multiple shows a year and, and support us. And um, so between, I think those are the two biggest factors for why we're able to keep doing it after so many years. Now, if you played like a hundred show, do you, do you have the same feeling as you did when you played your very first show? Uh, way less nerves, but same excitement, I would say. Uh, like we don't get nervous anymore before a show um, almost ever, except like, <laughs> so we've done, we've done two live stream events since the pandemic. And uh, at each of those, we've gotten nervous beforehand. But it's like, it's just because it feels so different to get on stage with nobody uh, you know, it's like, we know we're, we have to perform, but there's nobody standing in the crowd. So that made us a little nervous. But other than that, uh, the biggest difference from like, yeah, our first shows ever is like, yeah, just not, not nervous. We just know it's going to be fun and awesome. And even if the crowd is small, like we know we're going to go out there and give it a hundred percent and make it uh, a great experience. So, um, so yeah, that's, that's the biggest thing. It's just, we're just less nerves, more confidence. Do y'all uh, normally play small shows or big venues? 
Yes. <laughs> it's all over the place. You know, we, we, we have kind of a, like, uh, I would say like a baseline expectation of like the kind of, uh, crowds we're going to see, but whether the, the venue itself, it doesn't really matter. I mean, we play super tiny venues that get packed out and that's super fun. Mm -hmm. And then we play like a giant room that is only 10% full, but that might be more people. Uh, you know what I mean? Just because mm -hmm. it's just the way the, the room is set up. So we love it all. We play whatever people, people think that because we're, we've been around for a while, we'll only play, you know, a certain size room or whatever. We'll literally play wherever someone, you know, books us. <laughs> it doesn't really matter to us. I mean, obviously it's fun to play the big uh, festivals and, and uh, big tours, but, um, but we love it all. Now with, with touring, um, uh... How, how does that happen with other bands? Like, do you ask a band to tour with you or is it just part of the entire? Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it works a few different ways. I mean, if you if you have, back back when we used to be on a label, we were on a major record label um, from, to the, let's see, well, I say we, it was mostly not me, but, you know, 2005 to 2013, uh, Disciple was on a major record label. And in that situation, a lot of time, and they had a manager, um, in those situations, a lot of times your manager and or your label are kind of making those calls and uh, putting those packages together, or they're pitching you for a tour that's going out. You know, Disciple used to tour with Newsboys all the time um, back in those days um, because the label um, would put that together. Um, our manager, you know, got us on Winter Jam, uh, which is a big arena tour. And so those, you know, there's those situations where you're getting pitched to be on a bigger tour. Um, but really, in our case, for the past few years, we're just independent. We have no label, no manager. Well, I shouldn't say no label. We have Tooth and Nail Records. Um, uh, but they're not as involved in, like, developing us. They're more, like, involved in just the record and putting out the record, which is awesome. Um, and we don't have a manager. So for us, we're mostly just headlining, you know, our own tours at this point. Um, and so what that looks like is just Kevin normally um, – calling around to different bands that we're kind of looking at and interested in and just seeing what their availability is, what they would need um, to come on a tour. And then we just kind of sort it out from there. Um, so yeah, it's all just about reaching out and making phone calls. And sometimes we'll like have a specific idea, like, Oh, we want to go out with this band. Um, but then a lot of times, like in a normal year, we're doing a spring tour and a fall tour. And so we have a booking agent and so she just needs to like have the materials and the poster and the package to promote to 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 take to promoters and venues and say this tour is being booked right now it's these bands it's this much whatever um it's these dates so um so yeah it just kind of we just <laughs> kind of make it happen every year with 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 each season it's like who who do we want to take out right now and who can we afford and who makes sense and uh, does this band have an album coming out right now that's cool um you know stuff like that now i've noticed i've seen y'all play at a big i, I want to say a big venue for arkansas um playing rock the river was still going uh, yeah that, that was pretty big for yes but, um, i've seen y'all play at rock the river then nice then i saw y'all play at church in oklahoma that way smaller so does yep he feel basically the same i mean there's like something just you know cool about being on a giant stage with a giant crowd um but sometimes it can be a little bit if it's especially if, the, if it's set up a certain way like 
certain churches or venues will have like a big barricade um, and it's like 10 feet away from the stage. And so you really don't get to have the like close interaction with people um, that can be really like um, special. And so it can feel really cool to be up on this big stage, but maybe you're not making the connections with the people as much. You're just kind of seeing them out there, hopefully enjoying the show. Um, but playing the small shows where it's like, there's kind of this like perfect, like happy medium that we probably all uh, feel when there's like a good venue that's like a solid, uh, you know, set up with like a great stage. It's not too big. Um, honestly, like high school auditorium size uh, stage is like my favorite where it's like deep, but not like too like huge and wide um, because it's like enough room for us to like have a great time. But it's also normally like the crowd is right in front of you um, at the front of the stage. And uh, there's a handful of venues that we love that kind of have that kind of setup and, and, and ratio. <laughs> um, so, yeah, but like I said, we love it all, but there's just kind of pros and cons to the different types of venues. Okay. Uh, I've seen y'all play at this uh, one church in Oklahoma. I can't exactly remember what that one. I'd say it was Pecola. I wouldn't remember even if you knew. <laughs> uh, like, there was a lot of energy in there, especially when uh, Children 1830 was playing. Nice, yeah. Yeah. Um, this one girl got on stage while Children 1830 was playing and tried to do a stage dive. <laughs> and everybody got out of the way. Oh, man. Yeah. What can you do? Yeah. But to me, it felt like that there's more energy at that show. Then there was that Rock the River. Sure. Now, maybe because it's a like a smaller venue. Mm -hmm. or yeah. That, I don't know. That's a real thing for sure. I mean, those those tiny rooms that are packed out, you just get more of that kind of raw, like punk rock type, you know, vibe, and everyone's just pushing, and because everyone just kind of gets, you kind of get through a barrier where everyone's comfortable, just like being shoulder to shoulder and just moving around in, in that crowd together. Whereas, yeah, when it's like a big um, arena or, you know, civic center or something where there's like chairs and a barricade. Um, then a lot of times people just kind of want to stay in their little box and, you know, they might like bang their head or something. They might jump, but there's not as much like, you know, swarming of people. Um, so yeah. So yeah, it's, uh, it's just different. Yep, we actually, um, so our, our album Love Letter Kill Shot came out last year, which was 2019. And right now we have three songs coming out. It's like part of a deluxe edition for that uh, album. So one came out a couple weeks ago. One is coming out a week from today. It'll be August 28th. Um, and then the third one comes out a couple weeks later. So um, yeah, three songs that were part of, that are part of the deluxe package of that last album. Uh, but, you know, and then after that, we'll keep writing for the next one. <laughs> Not not slowing down. Do you have any idea when you're going to be touring again? As as much as anyone else, like if you could, you could just go, walk walk up to a random person on the street, and whatever they think is as valid as what I would think, uh, because there's no way of knowing. We had a bunch of shows booked for the fall because we were holding out hope. You know, okay, we're maybe these phases are going to open back up, and then most of it went backwards, and so we canceled it all, um, and we're booking for the spring, you know, our booking agent is looking at the spring right now and booking for it, but it's, it's going to take the world going a certain way. And 
no one can control that. Well, at least no one in our camp can control that. So we're just praying that it's, it can, we're, we're praying that it can be done safely and responsibly as soon as possible. And that when that happens, that people will all feel like it is safe and responsible. Uh, Cause I'm sure at first there's going to be like this period where like our, our legit fans will show up to the first show we play for sure. You know what I mean? Um, but there will be a lot of people who are maybe just more casual fans or just people who are like, oh, there's a show. And normally they would just come. But a lot of people probably are raising their, you know, threshold for how badly they want to go to a show versus whether they actually go or not. And so I'm hoping more than anything that when it does open back up and we are touring, that everyone will just agree to, and decide it's cool. We're going. We're going to have fun, you know. Um so, we'll see. I really hope y'all tour again. Oh, yeah. No, we will. <laughs> Nothing's going to stop us except, you know, global pandemic. So, which everyone knows can't, can't last forever. So, well, uh, there's some churches around here uh, booking shows. Yep, totally. So. And, and, we've, and we, we do have, like, a show in Florida in October. And... Um, you know, there are some other ones that are, that are trying to make it happen, but it's just hard because usually we're booking several months out and several months is enough time for everything to get stricter. And so most promoters don't want to, you know, start promoting something and spending money on advertisement and stuff. If the state is going to say this can't happen. Um, so that's kind of where it's at right now. I feel like. nice talking to you man yeah dude glad it worked out thanks for having me uh, is there any place that people can find you yeah instagram's the best um josiah prince the handle is josiah prince tugram um but you can just search josiah prince on instagram that's the best place um for all my happenings both live and studio and all things music so hit me up Sounds good, dude. Thanks a lot.